0: The school is out which means it's time for High Kids. Good afternoon and welcome to the High Kids Show. This is High Kids, Four Kids, Bye Kids. My name is Rio imben and I am nine years old. So coming up on High Kids today I'm going to be speaking to Karen Schneid. She is the owner of Ulala Confectionery. What is Ulala? So listen kids, don't go away, we have a very interesting show today. Also on the show I have a tongue twister to challenge your mouth and a high kid riddle to challenge your brain, so stay tuned, you don't want to miss this kid's show. Here are the details if you have any questions for my guest or if you just want to say hi to your friends and family. The SMS number is three four five one nine and is charged at one Rand fifty. You can send me a WhatsApp on O six one eight nine five one oh one nine and please don't forget to sign your name. You can call us on 10 140 I repeat, 10 140 Get ready for a very interesting show on Hi Kids today. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. This is Hi Kids, For Kids, By Kids. My name is Rio Emmerman and I'm nine years old. Good afternoon Karen. Hi Rio, thanks for having me. Pleasure. What is Ulala?
1: Well, Ulala is firstly an award-winning artisan confectionery company, but it's also a magical world of characters, legends and stories.
0: How how did you go from advocate to confectionery?
1: Well, that's that's actually a little bit of a long story. But how it started was, ever since I was a little girl, even younger than you,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: loved cooking, creating, discovering the world, and learning about different people and cultures. So you were curious very, and
0: creative.
1: Very, very. So, but, but that was my passion and my hobby. But as a career, I chose to be an advocate. And so then, after that, I went to law school and studied for six years. But even during that time, I'd never stopped discovering the world. And after that, I went on to be a successful advocate for the next 17 years. I changed lots of laws and did important cases, but my dreams and passions stayed the same. And then, one day, I fell in love with a little confection And I brought you a whole box of sweets Rio, <laughs> <laughs> So I'll Thank show you a pleasure And I fell in love with a little confection called a calisson And this is it And I'm showing Rio It is a confection Which is a speciality of Aix-en-Provence in France And it's made with candied almonds and melon And it's in the shape Of like a beautiful teardrop Anyway, that was what I fell in love with um, So that was the beginning Of my confectionery business But in the meantime, after that, my daughters, Saffron and Scarlet, were born, and then they became my inspiration, and I wanted to show them the world. First, it started by traveling with them, and then it started by giving them parties that were mostly about countries. And so I would travel with them and then bring them back for all their friends and everyone to learn about all the different countries. So I wanted to show everyone how beautiful and inspirational all the different cultures in the world were. And so I was there. You were. That's every it. Every time. Was you I were, there
0: every time.
1: You were there most times.
0: I think you were there actually every time. Okay.
1: Because your granny was a very important part in my life. She taught me how to do all the icing that I did. And together we helped, we created all these beautiful dreams.
0: So she's also part of Ulala.
1: She is very much part of Ulala. Makes you part of Ulala, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So anyway, while I was practising as an advocate, I started then learning like at night about like the science of confection, and I was so curious. And then I found teachers all over the world in like little villages everywhere, even in France, little villages in Spain, whoever could teach me. Um, so then I started the, this. What wasn't a business then? It was just a hobby. But I started in my kitchen. And I'd go overseas, and I'd learn all these things. And then I'd come back, and I'd teach someone who was in my kitchen to help me. And one person grew to two people, and next there were five people cooking in my kitchen. And my law library upstairs turned into the packing room, and my dining room turned into dispatch. And there was just sweets and nougat everywhere. It took, ooh la, la took over my whole house.
0: So what happened to the lounge?
1: The lounge, I think there were more packers in the lounge and then we needed invoicing done and then I had to hire a bookkeeper and then she found another corner in the house and wherever you looked, I think you were a little girl one day when you walked in and you just saw sweets being made and then we had to have it delivered so then we had to hire a driver and so can you see how the business was starting to grow? And so in the meantime, I was still an advocate, and I was working in court, and I didn't really tell people that I had a sweet business because they would have thought I was a bit crazy.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) So what happened was I was working by day as an advocate,
0: by by night as
1: a confectioner, but guess what? Full-time dreamer. (laughs) I just dreamt and dreamt. But as my passion became a bit of a reality,
0: I couldn't help thinking about all day, even so then, when I was So think, then Good. you forgot what it felt like to have free time, and then you just carried on. And carried it, on.
1: There was never free time. If I had free tra- time, I was dreaming of another flavor. Exactly. <laughs> and then I started dreaming about the branding. And all these little characters which you can see, right? They're just these little characters. Yeah, yeah. The the little Sun King, the little um Sultan, the little Matador, little Napoleon, little Louis the Sixteenth. So that's the sixteenth. Exactly. So that's what I was dreaming of. And so all of a sudden And all
0: and all of the characters resemble the different Sweet. Exactly.
1: Well, look at you can see each little character belongs to a different little suite. That was my dream. My dream was if Um, We could have uh, one character per suite and then a story that I would make up. So, for example, this little, the story about the little chef who belongs to the Calisson, his story goes like this. So, what happened was, in the little village of Aix-en-Provence, the king was getting ready to marry his queen. Her name was Queen Jeanne, well, it was Jeanne. But she didn't really want to marry him. She was miserable. He was much older than her. And so far, this is a bit of a true legend. But then we changed the legend a bit, as you'll see. So what he did was he called on all the confectioners and the patissiers all over to make something lovely for his bride to make her happy because she was miserable. So the story goes that this little chef who was in love with the queen, he made this beautiful confection. And the story goes that when she tasted it, she smiled. And that's why it's calisson is made in the shape like that, like a smile. And then our story, which is what I dreamt up in court, was that of course she ran away with the little chef because who wouldn't? <laughs> and So that's his story. And so all of this was happening while I was in court, and I, you know, what Rio, I didn't even tell all the, my judge friends and advocates that I'm actually got uh, running this little sweet business because they wouldn't really understand. So, so
0: you, I, so you take like legends, and, and then you put, and then you put them to. Like something connecting to a sweet, and then you make those characters part of the sweet.
1: Exactly, like little fantasies and stories. So that's why when I say it's, it is about confectionery, but it's also about stories. Like the Turkish delight, he's, got, he comes from a the salt, little sultan comes from a magical world of sultans and princesses. And this little one, the Ormaloo, he's one of my favorite characters. he ormolu? and uh, yeah, um, I can see him
0: now.
1: it would be very crunchy over air if you had to taste it, but these are all for you. Do they look delicious? Yeah. Huh? Am I your first person who comes on air that you can <laughs> actually eat my yeah. things? <laughs> see that's why I think it's if I was an advocate coming on, then I would just have to tell you one day, hopefully you don't need my legal advice <laughs> right. <laughs> Actually what happened was When I was in court one day I was sitting there in Which was the most important court in the land And it's something that advocates It's really important for us to be in And when we're there It's a, it's a real honour But I was sitting there in front of five judges With this very important court case And I kept on dreaming about My next flavour marshmallow And luckily at least I still won the case But then on the way home I was on the airplane and I remember looking out the window and saying, I have to be honest. I have to follow my dream. I can't do this half, half. So when I came home, I decided I'm going to turn Ulala into a full-time business because I had to follow my dream.
0: Have you always loved desserts? Well, it's more than I, I've always loved desserts. Have you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Everyone
0: does.
1: Well, I love all food but even more than that, I love the cu- food from different cultures and meeting and people and countries and so actually confectionery just was one of them that I found challenging. I thought that the, the, the science of confectionery was much more difficult than just food and so it was something that I wanted to to,
0: to challenge cultures.
1: me. Mm. All the cultures.
0: What did you want to be when you were growing up?
1: Well, you know, actually, when I was growing up, I I wanted to be really good at something. At something. I wanted to be the best at something. I wanted to create something or invent something. That was what I dreamt of doing.
0: Who was your role model growing up when 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 you were young and role models, if you have more than one?
1: So I guess my my main role model is my dad because my dad taught me when I was a little girl about the world and my favorite things were listening to his stories about his adventures when he was traveling the world for, for two years and he taught me that Traveling is one of the most important things, and it doesn 't matter how you do it as soon as you are old enough to travel the world and you don 't have to travel it fancily, you just need to make that a priority and go out there make and it, see make what it
0: an advantage
1: yes, and go out there and see what 's happening in the world and go see how other people live and what they eat and then get ideas and then you get inspired by them so that 's what he taught me to always be curious and your never dad stop do learning that
0: he was traveling.
1: Well, my dad is a he's a quantity survey and project manager, but he is passionate about culture. It was what he loved, and so that was what I loved too. How have they changed now that you are an adult? well it's still the same my dad's still my role model because you know when you're a child how you think your dad knows everything yeah and then now I'm an adult and now I know he knows everything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Where do you see yourself in ten years' time?
1: So, when I close my eyes and dream of where I see myself in Ulala in 10 years time, like you know Ulala, I want the whole world to know Ulala. I want yeah. everyone all over to know what it tastes like. I want them all to know the little characters. I want them to have the little toys, collect the stories. And so, that's my, where I see it. I see it going out to the world and international.
0: I see little cards on the, on the, on the Switch and chocolate you bring, are those the stories?
1: So these are the stories. So, for example, in this story, which is one of my favorite ones, this is Little Napoleon, and you can see that actually it's sophisticated. You'd think maybe it's for adults, but it's actually for children too, just as much, because Napoleon's little. Yeah. he 's a child napoleon isn 't he right yeah. so his story is that um, and then you
0: open it up and you read this exactly
1: story. and that 's what i 'm oh, doing and yeah. that 's like that 's magical right when you open yeah. up the little card and then you read the story, and the story' always a legend, so this story well the truth napoleon actually he yeah. he was he was a general, and he was in wars but the story goes how he'd stop the wars in the middle and rush home to his home so he could buy the pebbles. And so he would run upstairs and he would hide the pebbles in his breast pocket because he was famous Napoleon for always having his hand in his pocket. wasn't really for the pebbles, but we changed it. We decided that it was. And then he'd run upstairs and there's a famous saying when um, he would say to his wife, not tonight Josephine, and we would say that he would run upstairs holding his pebbles and say, not tonight Josephine. So we took all the, his, the stories in history and changed them. Why did them. you say
0: not tonight, Josephine?
1: Well, you'll have to ask your mom that later.
0: Mm. <laughs> Do you have a family?
1: I do. I'm married to David, who's an architect, and he. I was luckily married to an architect because he when and we, he's very
0: creative as well.
1: Exactly, and when we had to move out the house because there was the factory had grown too much, and I I wanted to keep it a, a farm style. My dream is a farm style little factory, and so um I was luckily married to an, ad, an architect who could design this little factory, which is still on our property, mm. and then I've got. Two daughters, Saffron who's fifteen, and Scarlet who's twelve.
0: How small was I when they had the all their parties?
1: You were there from a little baby. <laughs> so you were there from the beginning. I remember
0: I remember the Scottish party and when we walk in you would have like little Scottish skirts.
1: Remember you had a little kilt?
0: Yeah. So I still have that. Do you? Yeah, except I, it's bigger.
1: I know lots of people who I see at Purim parties and they've got costumes from the parties.
0: Do they also like desserts?
1: Well, they love all my food, truthfully,
0: <laughs> I'm sure I will, too.
1: but you will, but they don't love actually sweets in particular, because guess what they grew up in a sweet factory, so if you grew up <laughs> in a sweet
0: factory, yeah,
1: you'd be over it too.
0: <laughs> what inspired you what so, inspires you sorry
1: <laughs> okay, well, so firstly and foremost, saffron and scarlet inspire me. you said that I did
0: you because said that earlier.
1: because. They are, they, um, encouraged me to create this whole little world. I stepped into their shoes and to create this whole little world. But actually so then. Basically
0: kids in general. Exactly.
1: Because you know what one of my favorite things in the whole world growing up was? Do you know the Disney song, It's a Small World? Yeah. That was my favorite thing in the whole world. And when I had Saffron and Scarlet, I couldn't wait. I, I think they were even a couple of weeks old when I took them on the ride. <laughs> and so the, The the truth is then the world inspires me. Everywhere I go, everything I see, there's always something that inspires me. It could be even I could be walking in the streets of Paris and look up and see the architecture and that'll inspire me. And you'll see some design somewhere on our packaging that's from that. Or I will be in Japan and then I get inspired by the matcha that they use there. So everywhere and anywhere, my eyes are open.
0: Do you think your years as an advocate prepares you for running your own business?
1: Yeah, definitely it does, because um as an advocate for 17 years, I feel like I I ticked that successful block, I did it, and that gave me the freedom and the confidence, I suppose, to start something, and I could then start something that I could watch grow, and... So, you know, I remember sometimes when I started Ulala, I just started it, and I I was delivering myself, and I remember I was in the middle of a court case, and we stood down. I think one of the witnesses uh, needed to get instructions, and um, we stood down for a couple of hours, and I took my robes off, and I ran home to do a delivery to one of the big Spars, the Broadacre Spa, and I'll never forget. There I was, delivering, behind like bread trucks, and a really rude guy dispatch, but I didn't care, because I was holding my nougat, and it was like my box of dreams. <laughs> so it gave me the confidence to do anything. I knew that what I had done already.
0: I once got a nougat from my grandfather, and I hid it in my drawer. Did you? And, and, I, and I just ate it one morning.
1: Oh well, guess what? You don't have to hide these. Huh? You're gonna go home with <laughs> yeah. lots of them. <laughs>
0: I'm going to share them with Hughie. Yes. What other project are you working on at the moment? So,
1: well, last week I invented gingerbread caramels. And they are one of my favorite things ever. So this is them. You're going to taste them later. Yeah.
0: And, and another,
1: th- well, that's a suite that we're working on. But then I'm also very excited because. Is there a
0: character on that yet?
1: Well, that's going to have the same character that's on this one, which is the little Frenchman. And the, what inspired me with this is when I went to Brittany in France. Um, so the, there's that's eight characters. Eight. They're, they're actually there 12. Men? They're 12. This is the little Frenchman. Yeah. Right here's the little chef. Yeah. He holds the calisson. Um. And this is the little sun king. So he yes. is the king that started Versailles. Actually, he had a vision. His dad had a hunting lodge, and he had a vision. So um, he was the one that built Versailles, and that's why all these little gold sweets reminded me of the ormolu in Versailles. And then there's little Napoleon, and then there's Louis the Sixteen. And I don't know if you know the story about um, in the French Revolution when they said, when she, Marie Antoinette said, let them eat cake. Yeah. Well, we changed that to say, let them eat marshmallows.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my my friend Maya always gets sweets from Oolala, and then I go to her sometimes. I go to her a lot, and then she's always got the Oolala sweets.
1: I love that. And you know what I love the most, Rio? Yeah. That I found that children are our best tasters. <laughs> So is saffron and scarlet... Maya
0: is very, very fussy.
1: That's So she could be a taster. You could be a yeah. taster, Ulala, if you want. How's but that for I'm, a I'm dream job? But I'm not fussy
0: at all. <laughs> I'm not fussy So at you have all. to be
1: very fussy to be a taster, Ulala, because it has to be perfect. But you can be a taster.
0: Ulala <laughs> has, has won many international awards. Can you tell us about them?
1: I can. It's very exciting. So what happened was... Um, do you know if you do something that you think is really good? So I yeah. I love the taste of all the things that we made at Ulala. It kind of just happened. Um, everything just,
0: just everything happened. Everything just happened.
1: Exactly. It just happened. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to enter into a competition, the best in the whole world. I'm going to enter into a competition called The Great Taste in in England, and see what they think because I think it's good. So let me see what if they also think it's good, right? Yeah, That's a then see good what thing. Exactly. And instead of telling p- other people, I promise it's good. You have to taste it. I thought, well, let me just see what they think. So I sent it to them, and it's an anonymous um, uh, a competition. So it's they don't, a big competition. It's a very big competition. Anonymous with, means big. Very big.
0: Right?
1: Very big. All over the world people enter and wow. the, the, the it's
0: worldwide it's
1: worldwide exactly wow. and there are about a hundred judges that taste your one product each product and they don't know if i am karen from ulala or if i am harrods so they taste it objectively without knowing any branding so this has got nothing to do with the branding and so far we have won 52 gold stars from them so it's very exciting
0: and is there like a first second third thing or is it just gold stars
1: it's gold stars there's one gold star two gold stars and some of or no gold stars so mostly it's no gold stars but if you win a gold star it's fantastic and if you win a double gold it's very special so we've got both we've got both. We've got both.
0: All three.
1: And so, actually, next weekend, Ulala is going to be exhibiting at the
0: show in London. So that's very exciting. Mm. Let's take a quick song break and we'll be right back. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Ria Emmerman and I'm nine years old. Now let's carry on with our questions with carrots. Do you source all your ingredients locally? Well, we source
1: them locally wherever we can. So, for example, our pecan nuts come from the best little pecan farm, like freshly off the trees, and our honey comes only from South Africa. But then there's some products that we use that you can't get in South Africa. Like, for example, almonds you can't get in South Africa. And um, My mom
0: gets a lot of almonds, though.
1: Yes, she buys them, but you can't get them from South Africa. Ah, we'll have to yeah. send her some. Hmm? And they oh in fact I've given your mom matcha before. Um, matcha is an ingredient from Japan you can't get here. It's a specialty of Japan. And chocolate you can't does, chocolate doesn't grow in South Africa. So the cocoa don't beans. Don't grow in South yeah, Africa.
0: Chocolate's made from cocoa beans. Exactly,
1: they, right? exactly. I even brought you one actually to show you <laughs> Thank a cacao you. pod. So wherever we can locally, but the motto is we just have to use the best from wherever we get it. And I've been to the foothills of Lange in
0: Piemonte, Italy to get the mint.
1: And I go anywhere and everywhere to go and find little farmers and get ingredients, yes.
0: What is your favorite oolala product?
1: Well, that has to be the calisson because it's the thing that started everything. So that's like my firstborn.
0: (laughs) And with a little chef.
1: Yes, exactly. And his love story.
0: Yeah, that's cute.
1: And that's an almond. That's an almond confection, actually.
0: Why is it your favourite project? Well,
1: because when I I said earlier that I fell in love with it, and that was how Ulala was born. So first, I think it's the most delicious thing in the whole world because (laughs) you you have to so that in fact that was how I started because I fell in love with this confection and I'd go I was addicted to it so if I said to you Ria I'll bring you some back from France I would have eaten it up on the (laughs) plane there's no way you would have got anywhere. so So I I don't mind (laughs) so one day I decided well you know what I've got a law degree and I'm a foodie. Let me try and make it. So I started learning about the whole world of and then you made calisson. Your own well, of that it. took a long time because it was the beginning of a long journey of going to yeah. learn with all of them, all the people in France. And so while I was learning that, I, I started to make other confections. But that's really the thing that started everything. That's the that's thing. That's why you
0: love it so that's much. That's why I love it. And that's all. is our question.
1: Hmm.
0: Has anything embarrassing ever happened to you?
1: Well, not really, I have to say, but sometimes I get so excited about things that saffron and scarlet get a bit embarrassed. But I've taught them not to worry too much about being embarrassed, and now they they not that embarrassed about my so excitement. They get embarrassed. A little bit about yeah. me because I get so excited, but now they used to it. <laughs> now yeah. they go, okay, that's just mom. She's so excited about yeah. the, the, the mint or the, the new product. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you could have tea with one person, dead or alive, fictional, or non-fictional, who would it be?
1: Okay, that's a nice question. I would like to have tea with Marie Antoinette in the Palace of Versailles. Yeah.
0: Why? Why would you like to?
1: Well, first of all, actually, I I have quite a passion for Versailles and the whole story about, about the, the kings and, and the
0: French Revolution. Exactly.
1: And and I know that, actually, she never really ever said, let them eat cake. Yeah. She actually was supposed to have not said, let them eat cake. She was supposed to have said, let them eat brioche, which is a kind of a sweet bread. But the truth is, she actually never said that either. So I kind of feel a little sorry for <laughs> her. And I want to go and ask her the truth over tea. <laughs>
0: (laughs) (laughs) You have been to many different countries on your travels Which is your favorite and why?
1: Okay, so I love lots of places I do but my favorite, favorite is France. And the reason is because it just yeah. inspires me. Like I said earlier, like if I walk in the streets, I can and just France, be inspired. And France has a
0: lot of food.
1: And France has a lot of food. And you know what I love about the people? What? The way they love food. They never compromise. If you go into a little mar- uh, a little market at lunchtime, you'll see they'll take up their tablecloth, they'll set it beautifully, they'll take up the wine, they'll lay it out. There's no eating food on the run or fast Mm -hmm. food so they really appreciate food so they taught those where all my teachers came from and they taught me yeah they taught me how to really love food like i remember my one teacher he opened up um the honey and it was uh it was chestnut honey and he opened it up and luckily i speak french because they don't really speak much english there and he opened up and he said to me in french karen smell it's nicked of the gods You know, and his eyes rolled back even. They really love their food. So it taught me, from a food perspective, it taught me to...
0: So he probably absolutely loved that. Because he he, says it's nectar from the
1: Exactly. That means that he just loved it, right? Yeah. So the food I loved in France, and then also the design, if you look at a lot of the... What happens
0: if you're hungry and you have to go really fast?
1: Oh, you mean if you you – they wouldn't. They would have planned it. So they would say – they would have already planned that we meet for, they say, le lunch. We will meet for le lunch at a certain time and they wouldn't be hungry. And you know what I do remember, actually, because I've got very good French friends and –
0: They all speak French.
1: Yeah, they all speak French. But more than that, they, they their children don't eat snacks. Like we do. Yeah. So we always used to laugh, me and my fr- friend Adele, because she always, when we used to stay with her, she always made sure that there were snacks for saffron and scarlet because French children have already planned their meals and yeah. no one has snacks. So I guess they plan it well so they don't get hungry.
0: Yeah. What would be your dream job? Or oh, is it what you're working in right now?
1: Exactly. You know the so answer as an to advocate,
0: that. this would be your dream job, what you're doing now. So if I enter if you as an advocate then you would say working with sweets is my dream job but then well
1: you know that's a good question because that actually not exactly because being an advocate was also my dream job i had i worked for myself and i worked in uh, very interesting court cases and all my friends were advocates and judges and it was a very happy place for me I just couldn't help it because I was dreaming about something else. So yeah. in a way, being an advocate helped me become, become an entrepreneur.
0: Yeah. Do you have your own Ulala factory? I think you've answered that already. Yeah, it's a
1: magical little Willy Wonka factory. It's
0: like Willy Wonka's factory. <laughs>
1: exactly. It's a magical place. You'll come see.
0: What is a typical day for you? I'm guessing it should, it should be busy <laughs> because that's what my mom says.
1: Very busy. Well, I have three children. I look at it like that. Saffron, scarlet, and the third is Olala. So if I divide my time equally between all of them, that means no time to relax, not much time to sleep, but I wouldn't have it any other way.
0: Yeah. Do you taste all, all your delicious sweets?
1: I do. So I am actually the real official taster, and I have to, from a scientific perspective, I have to taste and and sign off every single batch And either I approve it And sometimes I don't approve it Maybe it's a bit too hard or a bit too soft Or maybe the nuts are over roasted So I have to always make sure That it's yeah. perfect But I have t- trained lots of people in my factory Well a cu- three people That um, can be tasters when I'm not there and then they taste them well, and then they've got authority to sign it to off. But I always come back if I'm away or if I can't do it and I come and check to see if they were right. And in that okay. way then I continue to train people in the art of perfection. So you're gonna be a taster now still.
0: Yeah. Ulala <laughs> is already so successful. Have you got more plans in the pipelines?
1: Well, as I said earlier, the plans are to Take Ulala to the world. And one exciting thing, uh, one thing I'm very excited about. I'm listening. (laughs) Can you see all these little characters that you know by now I'm a bit in love with? Okay. You love
0: them
1: all. I love them all. And now um, I'm I'm starting to make toys out of them. So the first prototype is being made by um, someone in Japan for me. And I just can't wait to see them come alive. Then you can sleep with all of them. You you can collect them. I sleep
0: with (laughs) them. I'll I'll put them on my shelf. I I can't can't wait. Would you ever go back to law? Well, the answer
1: to that is I didn't really ever leave law. I just ran out of time to take on cases and do this as well. But so now I, I guess I'm still an advocate and I just have one client called Ulala. Thank
0: you for coming on Hi Kids and teaching us more about the awesome work you do. This has been Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Rio Emmerman and I'm eight years old. Thank you to my guest Karen for coming on Hi Kids and thank you to my producer Mandy and DJ Flo for pushing the big red buttons. Join us tomorrow for another Hi Kids show. Goodbye kids.